race clock. I declare bankruptcy. Bears beats Battlestar Galactica. Depression. Isn't that just a fancy word for feeling bummed out? Dwight, you ignorant slut. Not only the years we've been at war, but from the moment as a child when we realized that the world could be conquered. You're listening to Great Scott the Office Podcast. My name is Jay Ray. With me is the worldwide universal podcasting champion, the Beast Slayer, Jacob. <laughs> the Beast Slayer, that's a new one. <clears throat> well, it's a big wrestling weekend, man. Yesterday, <laughs> AEW had a pay-per-view. Today, WWE's got a pay-per-view. Nice, nice. I haven't watched any of them. I've illegally downloaded half of what I just listed, so uh, I've got a busy bus commute tomorrow. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, we. Yeah, sorry we missed last time, just with Fourth of July and everything. It was uh, just a bit busy. Yeah, and it's just tough. You know, people say that uh, they get sad in the winter. I get sad in the summer. I'm the same way. I hate summer. Yeah, yeah I don't know if I hate it, but it's like hot out and it's sweaty and slow and melty and stuff. It's like, yeah, like. Jeb, would you have a good fourth? Yeah, I did actually. Actually, that whole weekend was actually pretty great, <laughs> to be fair. To totally ignore everything I just said about being sad in the summer. <laughs> it was a solid four days. Nice. Yeah, we went to, we got an Airbnb and met my in laws up there. Ooh. It had like a fourth story deck, a pretty good sized deck with a grill. So we took steaks and had steaks and cigars watching the uh, fireworks from, from, uh, our, uh, with the patio, it was pretty cool. It was pretty good. We uh, we parked in the parking lot for MetLife Stadium. Caught the fireworks over there at the uh, Meadowland State Fair. Mm, there you go. Wasn't bad. Yep, yep. And then uh, I was in the city this morning for the Disability Pride Parade. I was taking social media coverage of my corporation's uh, you know thingy doodle or whatever. But they were just kind of uh, reeling from yesterday's blackout midtown. Oof, that sounds crappy. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was interesting to watch. And I was like, I don't know, should I be doing social media about this or whatever? And I was like, I'm just going to not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to know. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's the thing I've learned about social media. If you're not sure if you should do it, just don't do it. Don't do it, yep. That's how you'd avoid getting it. You know, like, there's that saying about how the only things I regret saying are the things I didn't say. That is the complete opposite on social media. Correct. Yep. Or, or to keep it off is like what Michael Scott says, that Wayne Gretzky's. <laughs> <laughs> it's better to miss those shots sometimes. All right. So season nine, episode seven, The Whale, directed by Rodman Flender. Classy. And written by Carrie Kemper. Which I think is Ellie Kemper's sister. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Either that or cousin, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Can you hear my headphones? No, I can. I'm good. Okay, great. Well, because week after week we do this and I wear these video game headphones, you know, these gaming headphones. And every time I move my jaw, the whole thing squeaks. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh my God. I haven't picked it up yet. Great. great. And I shall keep moving my jaw. Um, yeah, so it starts, yeah. Yeah, so AD comes back with a me- like Skype message, like whatever. And they're talking to him and he's having a terrible time. He's all sunburned. He's only been out there for like two days. Yeah, he keeps dropping crap off the side of the boat. He's got his shirt on his head. He's doing great. I mean, I guess it's like if Michael had to stay out in the wilderness for longer than the four hours he did during Survivor Man. Well, I mean, yeah, but part of me is like, wouldn't he kind of hop down the coast? Oh, that's true. If he like go into port and like down, like, I don't know. Where where is he going again? (laughs) Uh, The Caribbean. Okay, yeah. So it would make sense to like, you know, from wherever the in your vermont to like probably somewhere in like virginia to like south carolina to florida and like that it doesn't really make sense for him to be like (laughs) no just go if you see land you've gone the wrong way i think that's (laughs) the mentality he's taken uh but he's trying to like explain like what his life is like out there and of course the joke of it as you said is that he's only been out there for a couple days but looks like he's been out there for like a week yeah he's all sunburned and he's uh, he's depleted his water um, but he has a, a filter that he drops into the ocean and um, he drops the phone into the ocean. So by the end of this very funny cold open, Andy has basically destroyed all of his means of survival and communicate. Which he eventually gets back. Right, right. Um, so, yeah. yeah. 
And the glare bear. Can't forget about the glare bear, oh, which yeah. is what he calls the sun. Yeah, it's kind of like um, Andy Dwyer in Parks and Rec when you get shoeshine head. It's like he's self-diagnosed <laughs> fake diseases. <laughs> um, yeah, so the big crux of this episode is that the local Scranton white papers. Pages. Um, pages. Sorry. Yeah, it is up for, up for grabs. Yep. Um, and that's huge. I mean, if you recall during, it was like one of the Valentine's Day episodes or whatever, Dwight was uh, macking it to a lady who was in charge of a, a similar product. It was like, um, I don't know, they did like school planners or something like that. Or I thought it was like a like catalog like or something. Catalogs. Yeah. So I don't even know if like did places even make white and yellow pages anymore. Uh, they definitely still make the yellow pages, even though there's a website for it. And I remember, because at my previous employer, a uh, yellow pages representative was very aggressive in trying to get me to advertise with them. I haven't, I haven't seen, at least not here, uh, I haven't seen the yellow or white pages in forever. And if you're below probably 25, I doubt if you even know what, know what they're talking about. about. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's because, Jacob, your local white paper supplier uh, went out of business or they, their paper supplier went out of business. If only Scranton was a real company mm-hmm. to help them. Anyway, so everybody wants this account, basically. Right. And uh, it is given to Dwight, who is the best sales rep. Mm. He is very excited. Yep, yep. Um, but there's a twist. There's not a lot of twists in the office, but there's a twist. Okay. It's Jan. Jan is white paper. Okay, so here you go. The average yellow page book weighs 3.6, 3, yeah, 3.62 pounds. Jeez. Uh, so this, this stats from 09. So it was the yellow pages across the country was roughly 2 billion pounds of paper a year. Now those were localized, right? Because the yellow pages were like the businesses and the white pages were like the directories of other people living in your area. Right. right? Mm-hmm. which is also crazy because my household does not have a landline. We are only mobile, which means our names would not appear in said paper. So hardly a reliable place to get info if you're trying to look for, you know, John Smith or whatever. Yeah, the only, the only time I've had a landline as an adult was when I first graduated and had like had DSL. So you had to have a phone. Line. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. That was it. Man, I remember when I thought DSL was like the bomb. Oh, I remember. It was so fast. Yeah, so fast. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, so the uh, the other um, storyline, well, there's two other storylines. One is Angela thinks that the senator is cheating with somebody at yoga. Yep. Because apparently yoga is weird. Yeah. Yeah, apparently it's weird. Yeah, <laughs> well, because it does derive from like Indian culture. Yeah, yeah. Angela, I think, has a a dislike for Indian culture, probably related to a previous lover having an over affinity for Indian culture. Yeah, and I I could see her disliking it just because she hates Kelly Kapoor. <laughs> well, that and yeah, I, there's no doubt she's generally a little racist, Angela. So. A little. <laughs> yep. Yep. Right. So she, she knows that she's not really all that racist except towards Indian people. <laughs> There's no real issue with Daryl or Oscar. That's true. Her issues with Oscar aren't related to his race or sexuality. Even at some point, it's just, she just thinks she's the best accountant and everybody else is stupid. Well, she is the head of accounting. Well, if she was the head of accounting, she would know that there are one too many people in that department. <laughs> um, well, they do. And they just keep it quiet. That's true too. Um, and the other thing in this episode is it's going to be Jim's first like official meeting with athlete business wise. We'd seen him meet the guys before that was like about investing, you know, like early stuff, getting the business up and running. But, uh, yeah, this is like now they're, now they're doing it. Right. Well, the other, I was just thinking about this is at this point with the way it seems that this branch has grown, they probably do need three accounts. Oh, sure. Like with like the closures of other ones and mm, all the consolidation and because it does seem like they've grown a lot. You know, they serve mm-hmm. a much bigger area. You know, they're getting, you know, they're trying to get stuff out in Syracuse. And yeah, I mean, by the time Michael leaves, they're on top. Right. Know? And uh, yeah. Yep. No, that's a good point. So, so they're fine. <laughs> yeah, and Jim is talking with athlete for the first time and it's not going so well. No. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess that part we could kind of just go through quickly. I mean, essentially he's trying to do this call at his desk and it doesn't work and he, right. 
it's this uh, farcical nonsense of him going into various rooms or outside on his cell phone and just which like, he would never do, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't understand why he couldn't just go into the conference room, close the door, or Andy's. There's no one in Andy's, or you'll just go in your car. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Why is he in the parking lot and not in his car? Right. Um, like, I know they don't walk to work, and because it's this TV, like there's no seasons, so it's probably nice in your car. Yeah, like, you know. Um, yeah, so it's just kind of like the whole shtick of it is kind of indicating to Jim that, uh, well, and not only that, but his partners also pretty much say it outright too. Well, they do at the very end. Yeah. Like, look, this isn't going to work, which I don't right. know if they would like give him his money back or just like, hey, you own this much percentage, but you can't work on this until you move here. I don't know exactly. Yeah, it is a little weird um, because it sounds like his 10 grand contribution was substantial. Oh, yeah. Um, because they were saying no, and they heard how much, and they were like, "Oh, sure, like we can't say no to that much money." Right. The guy almost wonder if he's like, does he own half of athlete? You know? Oh, there's no way he owns half. But, but he, mu- I mean, I would say five percent is yeah, likely. Different. And it's really one of those things. By the time they move to Austin, I think he's probably pretty close to being a millionaire athlete. Yeah. Austin? Is that where they move at the end? Yeah, they moved to Austin because, you know, there, but there was that big investor who had Daryl going all over the place. Right. And, you know, so he's probably worth a million or two in athlete stock. Easy, yeah. Easy Pete. Um, yeah, so, but then, so Jim is going to have to make a, a decision here. Right. Another storyline. It's <laughs> Movember. Is that what you call it? Movember? I mean, I've seen it on social media. Is that I would call it Mustache March? Uh, mustache March, uh, no shave November is what we, yep. So it's not just the mustache, I guess, depending on how you celebrate it, it could be the whole shebang, but everybody here is going for a mustache. Nobody here is that great at growing these mustaches. There's a lot of pedophilic imagery that we're seeing, not of children naked, of grown men looking terribly. (laughs) Yeah. It's actually how I got my beard is I was like, Hey, I'm going to do no shave November because my wife didn't want me to have a beard. And then when December came around, she told me I couldn't shave it off. My wife doesn't want me to have a beard. I can't grow a beard. Let me tell you guys, if you don't watch this on YouTube or if we don't upload to YouTube anymore, whatever, it doesn't matter. The fact is you should be watching though, because if you look at my cheeks, Jacob, that's five weeks, five weeks of not shaving. There are literally 24 hairs on the side of my face. And that is it. Not only is this pathetic, if I turn the other way, it's lighter. <laughs> so it's not, it's just stupid. Anyways, five weeks, I'm trying. We'll see what happens. At least you can still grow the hair up. My hair only grows down at this point. That's true. You do have a lot of anal whole hair, which I don't, you got to stop sharing those pictures in Discord, <laughs> I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's rough, you know, the, the whole Tuesday morning butthole pictures are just like not super welcome. <laughs> Oh, uh, we just got off the rails. <laughs> All right. Well, so. What's weird about this is like, well, well, Toby can actually grow a mustache. Yep. And I don't know if it's just a culture thing, but like, yeah, mustaches used to be cool. Like Hopper and Stranger Things really rocks a mustache. Right. But like for the most part, if you've got a mustache, you just look like a pedophile. I don't know why. I don't know how that changed in our culture, but like, that's like one of the things. Well, you know what it is too. There's like, a clothing style that goes with having a mustache. I think it's like one thing if you, I don't know. I mean, if you're in like a full suit, maybe you're okay with a mustache. But if you're in like a quagmire tropical t-shirt and like jorts, you look weird. You know, like I, I think the clothes really. Unless you go like full Magnum PI, right? With like the Hawaiian shirt and the jeans and the ball cap. Yep. Yeah. 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 It's weird. I mean, I also too, it's probably like location based. Like I work in New York. A lot of people with just mustaches. I think we just accept it and it is what it is. And, you know, what we dictate as creepy is different. Mm-hmm. But if you go to Pittsburgh or if you go to, you know, somewhere a little bit less coastal, I imagine that that barometer changes. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, that's yeah, weird. But well, no. Toby is also being super creepy. He like, gets in this woman's face like smile. I feel like men's prostates. Yeah, which I mean, like, come on, Toby. <laughs> How did you not think that was going to turn wrong? Yeah. <laughs> um, and of course, uh, what is his name? Duke? Clark? Clark. Clark. Yeah, his mustache is just the worst. It's like this pencil-thin John Waters thing. Oh, yeah, it's barely there. Yeah. I mean, not for nothing. It's exactly what's going on with my beard at the moment. <laughs> so, so it comes out that the new head of the White Pages is a woman. Yeah. It, which apparently Dwight can't sell to. Right. 
which doesn't seem right to me because he is like a good salesperson. He, he sells too much. It, it just doesn't seem like not being able to sell, he would be able to get as high as he has without being able to sell to women. So I'm going to say something. Mm-hmm. Because I live on the coast and because I assume I'm better than most people, is it possible that the actual corporate hierarchy of places less coastal is predominantly male? I mean, because that's true nationwide anyways. You know, people make great strides or whatever to have, you know, Yahoo had a female CEO for a long time and all that jazz. But then you go to Scranton, are the most of those business owners men, so that's how Dwight can maintain. Then the off chance he sees a female business owner and he botches it and it's like, wow. Maybe, I don't know. It's just weird to me. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I mean, it's not that, f- I mean, Scranton is more inland, but it's not like it's, you know, Oklahoma City or something. <laughs> you know, it basically... <laughs> <laughs> but especially with the expansion and everything else, it just feels, it feels like it, I don't know. It feels like he should be able to do this. Well, cause the other thing too, is, and it's just not the amount of customers, it's the caliber of customers. Right. You know, he, he whatever his customer base is, they just happen to be big buyers. Mm-hmm. And it's those numbers that makes him the best salesman. Right. And so was it Aaron, Pam and Phyllis take him into the conference room to try to teach, teach him how to sell the way. Yep. Uh, so they go through this whole lesson of listening and looking like you're listening. Right. Which turns into this like weekend at Bernie's thing where he's just nodding his lifeless head <laughs> with his mouth agape. Um, Pam has this stuff written on the whiteboard, like these rules. It's like, listen, respect physical space, no eye rolling. Don't insult their body. Don't right. compliment their body. You know what? Don't even mention the body. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They also tell this story about uh, Gina, who he kept mispronouncing her name as Gina. Right. Uh, and, and even though the woman corrected him like three times during their meeting, he left. And then he, as they're telling him this story, he goes, Gina said <laughs> So he just never learned anything. <laughs> Son of a gun. Um, okay, so back at the yoga studio. So Oscar has been uh, has been enlisted. I mean, really what happens, I think, is that Angela says she suspects the senator's cheating with someone at the yoga studio. Oscar has two purposes. One, to throw her off the trail of cheating. Right. But two, because he is curious as to who his instructor is, which is a man named... Right, because yeah, he, he makes a joke to Angela, like, it could be a man. And he's like, wait, it could be a man. Right, right. And I just like it's it's pretty funny. And so this the senator comes walking in with this really tiny fit girl, and this really offends Angela. It's like, look at her; she's so tiny. She's at least a double petite, double zero for sure, for yeah. sure. Like apparently, being really little is a thing for Angela. Like it's her defining characteristic. Well, she gets all of her clothes at the American Doll Store, so she doesn't need other people shopping there too. It's true. <laughs> um, yeah. So right. So as so it's just kind of like this roller coaster ride of things because Oscar gets relieved when he sees it's a little blonde girl, and Angela gets more upset. But then the little blonde lady ends up hugging intimately some other dude, relieving right. Angela. But then we see the senator hugging someone a little too much, who is another dude. Right. That Angela ignores, but now Oscar's freaking out, so she's ready to leave. But now he's he's in it. Right. And so he keeps her there, keeps her there, keeps her there. And after the yoga class is done, the senator immediately calls Oscar. And Angela, the pieces fit into place finally for her. Yeah. Well, because, yeah, she starts to grow suspicious of, like, Oscar's interest in this whole thing. And then, yeah, when the phone call comes, it's kind of her Mm -hmm. tipping point. Presumably they leave. and, um, And everything's fine. But we will talk about the episode. Um, let's see. We have Jim's call goes bad. Dwight sounds rapey. Correct. Barbara. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> For whatever reason, Pam's talking about Pulp Fiction and she says she has a lot of empathy and she feels bad for the gimp in Pulp Fiction. <laughs> that poor gimp is someone's child. Parenting makes you soft. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we end up at the white pages it, so it's being all very cloak and dagger, you know, being real secretive with who the new boss is. And Jan, or not Jan, Pam is looking around and sees a photo of 
a woman skydiving. Right. And then she sees Serenity. Oh, yeah, these candles. Yeah, that have Serenity by Jan. And, and then she sees her. like this like Warholian. Yeah. <laughs> portrait of Jan's face. She's like, holy shit, it's Jan. Now, I'm just realizing this now. Uh-huh. Was that picture in Michael's condo during dinner party? I don't think so. Part of me feels like maybe it was on the stairs going up. Um, maybe. Maybe our, one of our cunning listeners can let us know. Jan Warhol dinner. See, that's how you Google. Anyways. <laughs> um, yeah, so she sees that and she obviously goes like, oh no. And uh, she tells Dwight that they have to leave. And then, yeah, Dwight or Jan comes in and is like, hello. I was expecting Wallace to be here. This never worked. Yeah, I see it. Maybe that's them going up the stairs. Oh, there you go. Yeah. 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 Okay. So we've so we've seen this picture before. Right. Uh yep. So Jan basically wanted to like really give it to Wallace, being like, I have what you want. You did this thing to me. Right. Like now you have to listen to what I have to say. Um, but it's not. It's Dwight and she is less than enthusiastic about this. Right. She's like, Look, I'm not gonna sell to you and then uh Dwight has this idea. Yeah. And he he goes and gets Clark. Yep. It basically trades him for her business. Yeah. I mean, I guess I'll say so. Dwight intuits that basically Jan is not quite a pedophile, but she has a very young taste in boys. Uh, well, she, they or did say Hunter was 17. Oh my goodness. Great. So, like, yeah, it's just weird. Like, but they say that in this episode. Right. Right. I mean, I don't know a 17-year-old who works a New York City, you know, administrative assistant job. Yeah. Yeah, especially so, full-time. Yeah. So I would have assumed I was first saw him that he was at least... Like 22. Yeah. Like a, just graduating college. Still uh-huh. very young compared to every, everybody. Excuse me. I got hiccups like a mother. <laughs> like a mother with hiccups. Um, right. So, so, yes, Clark is now this piece of meat. And right. they use his mustache as like a, you know, the ring of trees, basically. Like, this is how old he is. Look at that mustache. I think he is so pathetic. Yeah. She's like, do you have a valid passport? I mean, yeah. So, I mean, it's very funny, but I guess it was just surprising to see Jan like buy it. <laughs> so I don't know how I feel about it. Again, it, it was a great bit, but like as a truth to her character, I just don't know how I feel about it. Uh, yeah. And the other, well, first off, a poor girl, like Astrid, like oh, she's yeah. totally going to be like a stripper or a hooker or something. Well, can you spell her name? Most people can't. <laughs> and <laughs> like, she's so like, you really see the narcissism in Jan in this yeah. in this episode. Yeah, because we have to watch this freaking stupid like iMovie slideshow of pictures of Astrid, and there's like a funny spelling of her name that. Then Jan is singing a song about how much. Astrid loves her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's weird. Um, and then, of course, Jan is abusing her own assistant a bunch. Yeah, which is terrible. I feel so bad for yeah. poor Molly. And on, on the way out, uh, Pam's like, you should quit. And Molly's <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, totes my goats. <laughs> um, so the question is, if you're 22, 23 years old, and you're getting paid to go to Europe and have, and have sex with... A not unattractive woman, are you taking the deal? Yeah, probably. Probably. Yeah. I mean, if I was single, obviously. And if I was working at freaking Dunder Mifflin, you know, like if I didn't have any better prospects in my life, that sounds like a pretty good trade off for a summer. It's not even summer, it's just like a week and a half. Because she says, well, like, in a week, she says in, at the end, in a week or so, I'll, I'll give you a call or something. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but maybe like that's just a week or so, and then she keeps him with her. <laughs> Hey, there are websites for that. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> so any creepy websites you know, if you do you slash Jacob. Oh, I can't afford that. I, I don't know. I don't know what you do with your, your share of the Patreon money. Patreon.com slash broken jars. We were actually like talking to this bartender in DC. And she was like, yeah, I'm really considering it because like, she was a very attractive woman, and oh my goodness. she's like, "Yeah, well, you make like twenty grand a month." And I'm just like, oh, "When I was when I was in Amsterdam, apparently, like a lot of 
individuals there list, are listed as their employment as freelance. That includes like people who do like walking tours, the women who work in the red light district, like they're just called freelance. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, well, there you go. That's just <laughs> how that affects the tax code. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, so all that. Aaron doesn't like Pete's stash. It is also not good. Uh, so he ends up abandoning the boys. Right. Shaves it. Um, getting back to his old... And that really shows, like, that's the... Know that he's had a crush on her, but this is, like, the first, like... He's making move. The real sign that, like, he really, really cares. Yeah. Yep. Um... Let's see. Yeah, we covered that already. Jan's Mm. a pedophile. Molly should quit. Okay. So... so the, the gist of it is so Jim is having issues with athlete. Should he go there? Should he not? The mustaches are creepy. Toby's creepy. Clark has been sold to Jan, who is still mad about David Wallace. Angela now suspects Oscar of having an affair with her husband because there's a kind of a callback shot where Oscar's giving a, a talking head thinking he's in the clear. And right. Angela in the background, slightly out of focus, given her... Giving him a look like she did when uh, Boy, she's uh, holding like fire. a knife or a pair yeah. of scissors or some 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 yeah. kind of bladed object. And <laughs> she knows. Yeah, that's right. Um, and then Dwight, on their way out, uh, says to Pam, "You know, you are my friend, and you are a woman." And that's why he told her. Yeah. So uh, I remember cracking when I was watching this episode recently. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, so I rated this uh th- just a straight three out of five pedophiles. That is reasonable. I- I'll give it a two point seven out of five prostates. There you go. Yeah, it's a good, funny episode. They handle the four storylines well, etc. Yeah, everything's moving. You know, it's very kinetic. Yeah. Nothing drags. I mean, the Andy thing is done in the beginning before the credits even roll, and we don't have to talk about it again this episode. It's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so season nine, episode eight, The Target, directed by Brent Forrester and written by Graham Wagner. So essentially it starts with Oscar. It's like the next day or something. Yeah, or or maybe it's Monday and the last episode was on a Friday, but it's a direct continuation somehow of the previous episode. Yeah, so he's he's worried. He doesn't really know what kind of vibe Angela's going to be coming in with. Right, and she's super nice. Well, not super nice, but like really cold towards him, and he really thinks he's in the clear. Well, not just cold, but like business, mm-hmm. like, like professional, like a happy professional. Right, like you have these numbers. I can't believe this is a thing. Like just talking that right, so it, it indicates to Oscar that he's in the clear. But we know that that is not the case. Mm-hmm. Angela is aware, and she is just messing with Oscar. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And Angela gives this look of doom, which is essentially this like little mouse face anger shake that she does. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, shit. Oh, here. Yeah. Every, my right. power flicked. Oh, I see. Yeah, I did hear you pop a little bit, but you're. you're okay. Whew. I thought I was <laughs> going to get disconnected. Um, yeah. So uh, Pam is finally going to start this mural that she had been commissioned uh, by Nellie to do in the warehouse. Right. Um, uh, yeah, and so she's like in her Pratt school design hoodie or sweatshirt, and yeah, yeah. And someone says something about her giving up. I don't remember who it was. Like, oh, you finally gave up, right? Probably Angela. Probably. No, I think it was Meredith. Because there's this really weird like hatred between Meredith and Pam now. Yeah, I mean Meredith. I think is. Um, I think she's just threatened by people who she thinks could be considered more attractive than her. And I think that reality doesn't hit her often, but for some reason it's hit about Pam, maybe because she got Halpert or whatever. Yeah. Right. And that's another thing is like at the beginning of the show, she thinks Jim is high. And now she thinks he's creepy looking. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we find out Jim is going part-time to athlete. I was going to ask Wallace if he can. Yeah. Um, and he, he's practiced it. Do you think Pam legitimately thinks his pitch is this pitch that he gives anyways is going to work? Uh, maybe. Or she busted his balls. Well, there is a, it's when she's about to go on maternity leave. She like is giving all these like jokes and stuff that are really terrible. Yeah, she thinks it's right. funny. And Jim like, it's like, Oh my God, who are you? Yeah. So maybe it's a callback to that. Yeah, I mean, essentially the pitch is like, how would you like it if I came in half the time, but got paid the same amount? Same amount of salary. Yeah. yeah. Um, so for whatever reason, Pete has a project that he does where he 
has physical cards of customer comments, generally their complaints. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though they are logged digitally, he actually has to sometimes handwrite them onto cards. Oh, no. Every time he, he logs every, every complaint into the computer and then has to fill out a card for right. every complaint. Right. For whatever reason. <laughs> For whatever reason. And so whatever him and Clark do in the annex is not super clear. They're not salespeople. They do some. They do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Um, but this is kind of a customer service thing, and I guess he's got some downtime, so he starts to build like a house of cards. Right. And we really don't have much customer service right now because Kelly is gone. Yep. Yep. Which is also probably why he's the one who's maybe making those phone calls or answering them. Right. But uh, so he's got quite a few. Right. He starts uh, building castles. Yeah. Hard castles. I mean, really, I think my biggest problem with this storyline is he should build it taller. (laughs) Jokes. (laughs) And so back with Angela, she goes to Dwight is like, meet me in the old place. So she goes down to the warehouse, wherever they used to, you know, where they used to do it. And Dwight's just like hanging out there naked. Yeah. Yeah. He's like spray, spray. He's just spread his legs and it's just his dangling participle. But I still think he has his socks on. I think so too. Yeah. It's just like, no, you don't like, you know, oh, she's like, I'm not here for this. And he's like, what? I always work out naked. And he starts yeah. doing like jumping jacks. Yeah. Which is probably the one of the worst <laughs> exercises you can do. Yeah, that's like the epitome of helicopter penis. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, she's asking for a favor where she needs someone to like take out someone else, right? Um, so she's kind of asking Dwight to do it. He has this great line. He's like, "Listen, no panties. I I don't go vigilantes." <laughs> Basically, yeah. like, yeah, looking for for sex as a service. Um, but he decides to help. He sends an SMS text specifically to Trevor, and um, who has. Full availability. He's got nothing going on. And so he, so flashback with Jim, he's talking to Wallace and he's like, Wallace doesn't think it's going to work out. So he's scrambling. He's all like, hey, Stanley and Phyllis will cover for me, even though he hasn't asked them yet. Yeah. I mean, I'll say too, I don't think Wallace was like just going to say no immediately. Like he, yeah, he was like looking for like more concrete solutions as to how it would work instead of just this pitch about I'll work part time. Um, and Jim, obviously, for some reason, not good under pressure, like giving away $10,000 immediately, even though no one asked for it, similarly promises something that he probably shouldn't. Will these two other older, complacent salespeople <laughs> pick up some slack, do more work so that he could have his dream? Work? Right. And this is sort of Jim getting to like the worst, the worst form of Jim. Because Jim has always been kind of impulsive and doing things that he wanted and like, the, hey, get in line sort of thing, like buying the house for Pam, all this kind of stuff. And now he's just like, I need athlete to work and he doesn't care. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, it's interesting because, uh, you know, some of these impulsive behaviors that he had when he was single were fine because it didn't really affect people that we saw on the show. Excuse me. Uh, but now that he's married, now that he's got these children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, spoiler alert, uh, Phyllis and Stanley are going to help Jim. Right. They probably would have from the get-go, honestly, but they decide to. Yeah, but it's very obvious that, like, athlete is number one in his life before anything else right now. Yep. Uh, yeah, so that's going to lead to some great scenes in the coming episodes. <laughs> yeah. Um, right, yeah, so Kevin's uh, with Pete, giving him some uh, really good advice as to how to build a castle. Uh, so, you know, should be should be taller this way. Right. <laughs> Not this way. Essentially... No one understands apparently that you need a base before you can build up. Everybody says it to Pete. Terrible. It's like, no, you don't need to. Don't need to make it wider. Make it wider up. Yeah, I know. I know. When Kevin's trying to explain stuff, he's just stupid. It's the best. Uh, Daryl says the same thing. <laughs> Shouldn't you be taller? Yeah. Um, all right. So what else? Do I break the fourth wall? I don't remember this. Oh, he. Oh, he's well, not really breaking the fourth wall, but he direct mentions the um the camera oh, the camera pool that's right 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 because right, so angela and him finally meet trevor mm-hmm. trevor says where you follow <laughs> dwight goes well we're usually being followed by a camera crew for the past nine years but i don't see them so we should be good <laughs> right 
uh, of course, us watching it, the footage of the camera crew. Not only that, but there's like two cameras because there's multiple angles on what's happening here. Right. And of course, both of them are microphoned. It's great. Yeah. I just think Dwight doesn't care. But so we meet Trevor, who is a weird dude. Yeah. Who apparently loses guns a lot. Well, they get stolen. They get stolen. Yeah. Uh, so he doesn't bring it with him. So to prove he's got one, he has the receipt. The gun is at home in a very nice safe, of which he also has the receipt. Right. So we know it's all in the up and up. So first thing, Angela's like, I want him dead. Yeah. Him being Oscar. It, it, uh, yes. It, Dwight's like, no, can't do that. Right. So they settle on a kneecapping. Well, well, the other thing, too, is Angela hasn't said who this person is. So Dwight right. actually doesn't know it's Oscar this whole time. But he knows that murder is probably a little too far for him. Yeah, I mean, just don't murder people. It's generally a bad idea. Generally. But, <laughs> hey, uh, some people just deserve a good killing. There it is. You heard it. See, listen, listen. The white guy said it this time, okay? I'm brown. I'm peaceful. The white guy said it, okay? That is, that is just extrapolate that to America. That's all I'm saying. That's all I've been saying this whole show. <laughs> Ever since we started, that's all I've been trying to tell you. White people. Dangerous. Why does it sound like there's a boat on your end? Because <laughs> my phone started. <laughs> oh, uh, it sounds like someone in the distance is blowing into a half-full Corona bottle. <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. So, so Trevor's like, yeah, I'll do it. Um, and we get the sense that Trevor doesn't do these things often. Like he or plays, a, yeah, he plays a big game, but he doesn't actually follow well, through on all this. Right. Stuff. Well, it's actually like there, there's a whole big speech about the game where he's like about to hit Oscar. He's like, yeah. I got to do this for once in my life. I've got to finish something or stuff like that. Like, <laughs> yeah. he's like, I need this for my manhood. It's yeah. 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 It's, uh, it's great. Honestly, I'll say in this short bit, I like Trevor more than I like, uh, what's that guy? Nick? Is that his name? Nate. Nate. Yeah, I, I don't like him. I like Nate. He's I mean, I fine. guess he, he was a, I, just when he comes on, everything he says is so weird. Like, it's that concept of like, we like the earlier parts of the show because it seems so grounded, you know, but Nate is just like <laughs> the whole thing, like last season or whatever, where he's misunderstanding the concept of this Christmas gift to Val. Right. I, just, I can't deal with it. Nate is too much, but Trevor is a okay. That's all I'm saying. That's weird. Thank you. Um, yeah, so, uh, Right, so they're going to do this. Um, Phyllis and Stanley decide that Jim has to woo them over lunch. Mm-hmm. So they go to like a fancy restaurant. Mm, fancy-ish. Well, I mean, again, depending because of the area they are, it's probably well, just the, the way it was. The way it was laid out, it didn't look like you know something. I mean, they're lobsters, right? But it didn't look like something on the Ruth Chris level of nice. It was probably somewhere in that secondary tier. I mean, I'm not. I'm not trying to trash talk the people of the Scranton Wilkesbury area, but I just don't know how nice those restaurants get. I think this might be it. Oh, it might be the nicest one they can get to, but it doesn't look like all, I mean, it looked like probably like a 15 to $20 plate kind of plate. And I think for people of that area, Jacob, it's a lot. I feel like you're getting, <laughs> you know, I mean, listen, uh, Michael thought Chili's is the place to do business. Yeah. You know, so I think the bar is just low. You and I, you know, metropolitan folk as we are, you know, we get it. We can go to Olive Garden. Well, there is, there is a prime steakhouse. Ooh, Cooper's Seafood. Oh, they've been to Cooper's. Yeah. There's That's a Texas the, yeah, Roadhouse. Oh, Texas Roadhouse is great. They got that apple butter or whatever it is. Oh, the cinnamon butter. Yeah. 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 All right. Podcast over. We're going to Texas Roadhouse. <laughs> there's a, uh, there's a roadhouse, uh, in the parking lot of the movie theater so like we'll go we'll go to roadhouse a lot of times before we go to a movie that's pretty good this is fairly inexpensive as things go well that's what i'm saying about screen i think all their establishments are probably just not high class but for the area it's high class anyways they're there they've got them over the coals they're ordering extra food they're getting wine like the the server says good morning yeah and they sit down and they're like, oh, don't worry, Jim. We have all afternoon. Right. So Terra Preta seems like a nice place to eat. Their lamb, like their lamb is like 30 bucks. All right. So, yeah. So then their steaks are in that 40 to 50 range. I mean, look, I, I may be giving away where I live, but a town or two away is a medieval times. <laughs> Okay, it's like forty bucks a person. That is high class. That's dinner and a show. 
Their menu is printed on their napkins, bro. That's what I'm saying. This is what I'm talking about. So this place, you know, assuming, you know, maybe Jim took them to a place of this caliber. Right. The surfer turf is 72 bucks. Oh, that's <laughs> so, a lot. So Stanley or the surfer turf with extra surf. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's not enough lobster. No. Uh, yeah, and <laughs> wine off of like the partition or whatever. Well, Phil's like, how much wine do you have? Yeah, right. Instead of like what kind or how expensive is it? It's how much do you have? Right. So you get the impression that like they're there for probably like three or four hours. Yeah. A big bulk of the day. Yeah. Yeah. And Phyllis gets all sentimental. It's like, some days I don't even recognize my hands. Where did the years go? Yeah. (laughs) Some kind of existential issue. Um, Back in the office, Oscar gives Angela a peace cookie. Again, he assumes that Angela is none the wiser. Right. And he even calls the senators like, oh, she's bought it. But Dwight catches her crumbling the cookie up. Yep. And right. so he like takes her outside is like, Oscar is gaying the senator. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, there was a, a funny story of Daryl butt dialing folks. during Right. Cause, uh, so Kevin knocked the tower down and Pete gave this really good speech about not giving up. And, yeah. you know, Aaron really liked it and all that. Uh, but then, so now everyone's into it. So he's reading off every complaint. Right. <laughs> and they're like, this one goes to Daryl for butt dialing a customer during sex. Yeah. What was he eating? Spaghetti. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. And there's this great thing where like, he's like, hey, we got a whole lot of Crees. He's like, Crees got like, you know, probably a good solid inch of complaint cards, maybe thicker. Yeah. And you hear Creed like in the background go, oh, good. Let's see what I did. Yeah. Yeah. He has no recollection of anything. Yep. Um, and they they start to get to the top, but they find out that they are just short. Right. Just short ones. So uh, it, it comes out that Pam is the only one who's never had a complaint against her. Right. At least that was there. That was like, present. Correct. Right. So it, it ends up being this really interesting thing where she's been putting off the mural. Mm-hmm. And she's hanging out with these people and she thinks it's all fun and games, but slowly it becomes apparent that these people are kind of like, they're able to revel in their failures, which is really like right. the crux of it. And Pam feels isolated. So when this opportunity comes up, she decides she wants to try to get a customer. And she calls up one of their customers like, hey, your mama is so fat that when she wears red, the kids all say, hey, Kool-Aid. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically, definitely insulting this individual's mom. Um, right. And then she just hangs up. Right, this is Pam Alper. Yeah. And so she gets a call. They lose the customer. And Pete was reading off the comment card, like, uh, insulted her recently deceased mother who always had obesity issues and, like, thyroid issues and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it was all very, uh, she hit she hit the nose, the nail on the head. Yeah. That's pretty, pretty good. Uh, but they do it. They fail. Top. You know, it's all very nice, and it, it kind of teaches Pam a thing. Right. And one thing I got to go back to. So Dwight and Angela are talking, because Ange- Dwight's trying to talk Angela out of doing this. Correct. And uh, he, she, she's all pissy about it, and he's like, look, the first person to break your marriage vows was us. Yeah. Yep. It's like, Which is like the first time she realized, like hearing that is the first time she understands that. Right. And... You know, she, um, he's like, call it off. He's like, I can't. He's already here. So Dwight just starts running, trying to stop Trevor. Yeah. Upstairs, we see uh, a delivery person who is Trevor in no disguise, holding a basically an open sandwich with a lead pipe sticking out of the bread. <laughs> like two inches too, like yeah. completely noticeable. Uh, looking for Oscar Martinez. Uh, he's not up there and Dwight is able to kind of uh, pull him away. Unfortunately, Oscar meets Angela downstairs outside where Dwight pulls Trevor and uh, oh boy. Oh boy. Yeah. So I think it's Oscar who shouts this, right? Disarm now. Yeah. Which I don't know why, but Oscar goes into like freaking Kung Fu action mode. It says disarm now. <laughs> he grabs, he tries to grab the pipe out of Trevor's hand. So there's like a three-way kind of battle for this pipe. Right. So like it comes up, Dwight is like keeping, uh, keeping Trevor away from Oscar. Yep. Then he has to keep Oscar away from Angela or something like that. So he's like playing both sides. Like. Which is like probably the best version of Dwight we've seen in a long time. 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. He's like, he's like the only person who is morally right in this, which is very rare. Right. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Jim finally brings Stanley and Phyllis back and they're passed out. Yeah. At the back seat. Too drunk. Yep. Yeah. And he, they tell him like, Hey, yo, we're going to do it. And he's like, really? He's like, Oh yeah. And they keep, keep going to this really weird, like, Oh, like euphemisms for like giving him giving him hell like oh but i did enjoy grinding your beans yeah yeah, yeah. Chucking your peas yeah, <laughs> yeah it's great <laughs> um yeah so it's a nice moment for jam i the other thing i'll say too is that's interesting is like we're slowly getting these moments of like featuring these other characters as we're like closing down the show mm-hmm. you know it's early we haven't really hit like the big crux and some big uh issues that some of these characters will face but these are like nice moments to highlight these characters and how they interact with some of the main folks you know right 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 um yeah so jim is good he's happy pam uh having her failure thing she feels confident that she can actually start the painting right yeah she like she doesn't like paintings with a lot of bushes because it feels cheap or something yeah um well because i think the episode starts with her like doing like grid lines and freaking uh, what's that dude's name Hide. Hide. Yeah. He's giving her shit to <laughs> Yeah, he's all like, I'll wait. <laughs> like, which is like, I don't know if I'll start painting. Right <laughs> and then he starts to give her shit again at the very end. She's like, shut it, Hide. Yeah, that's pretty great. Um, the meaning about getting Toby to say. Oh, yeah. 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 But like, so, sort of, uh, uh, so like a little bit of a callback to when hmm. Dwight was asking about female anatomy. Right. But so to, to finish out uh, Dwight and Angela, we do get one of the really one of the more memorable quotes i had really had forgotten it was in season nine yeah but yeah you know, they're talking and she's upset and she says she's stupid and joy's like no you're not stupid jazz is stupid she's like you're right jazz is stupid play the right notes yes yeah. yeah which i almost honestly thought was like a season four or five thing yeah yeah i mean jazz is terrible <laughs> um, jazz on jazz on jazz get out of here all right so yeah so they're they're quizzing toby basically on like uh how homosexuality comes about i heard you can contract it from breastfeeding that is one i've never heard i've no. heard a lot of them but i've never heard that one no it's kind of like a kenneth parcel church kind of thing like just blatant lies so, like <laughs> no scientific basis like how is it, what is it called when they wrap their their penises around like the sinks in the middle? yeah uh, where our game ends vaginas it's terrible and whose penis will open up to accept the other penis <laughs> um, I mean it's terrible it again I, I, this show is really interesting because it's not about homosexuality but to look at where homosexuality was at the time the show was released because now we're in a place where you know there's gay marriage and all that kind of stuff um, when gay witch hunt happens that was not the case you know so we right. hit moments of like it's some of it's like really like messed up when looking at it from 2019, even though I'm still cracking up because I remember watching it in 2012 or whatever. Right. Um, yeah. But it's just very interesting as like kind of humor. I don't think we'd see today. Oh no. I mean, even Steve Carell has come out and said like, we could never make the office today. Yeah. Right. People are right. too sensitive. Uh, yeah. So again, you want to talk gay witch hunt. That was, that was 20, 2006. That was 13 years oh, ago. Yeah. That's, that's the year Iron Man came out. Yeah. Crazy. That was the beginning of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oscar Martinez gets outed at work. Tony Stark becomes Iron Man. Oh, yeah. I will say I'm not as invo- like invested in like the post-Infinity War in-game MCU. Like whatever's next you're not interested in? or like- well, It's not that I'm not interested in. It's just it's not, it doesn't carry the same kind of weight. You know? Well, you don't know what it is. No one knows what it is. Right. It, it, it may be it may be really good and I may fall in love with these characters, like new characters, but you probably will. Cause you're a sucker for it. You got a <laughs> toothless doll in the back of you. You clearly love trilogies. <laughs> They'll give you that three movies. My, and you'll... That, that one is my wife's like, she loves those. those movies. <laughs> okay. All right. That's fair. All right. So what are you rating this one? Yeah. Uh, it was a good episode also. I mean, again, as we go, it's just when Andy's not around, I like it so much. Uh, so I'm going to give it like a 3.7 out of 5 um, extra lobster tails. Yeah, it's a good episode. It was pretty, I thought it was pretty funny. Yes. At least I was laughing harder than I expected to. Uh, it does really set up sort of things going forward. 
you know, sort of builds this alliance between Angela and Oscar and, you know, all that stuff. And Dwight, Dwight and Angela sort of, you know, reconnect. Yeah, we don't really talk about it. But yeah, this, the, this new relationship with Angela and Oscar is really interesting moving forward because they essentially decide to continue what they're doing. Amicably. Right. So Angela knows she's with a gay guy who, because she starts banging Dwight again. Is that right? Uh, I don't think so. Maybe. But, but, uh, but Oscar is definitely banging the senator still. Right. And it is definitely, she doesn't want to lose what she has. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes well, me think. Kid, gonna, you know? Yeah. She's got a kid. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, she seems okay with it. I could be misremembering. So we'll see what, as we watch these episodes again. But um, yeah, it's just this really interesting dynamic that they develop. But uh, yeah, we're getting there, man. Yeah. So did I actually give my, yeah. It's a, so I gave it a four out of five. Where have the years gone? Nice. Nice and positive. And considering we've been doing this for three years, I kind of <laughs> asked the same question. I know. But we do get, let's see, next episode will feature uh, Dwight Christmas and Lice. Ooh. Dwight Christmas is a great one because, again, it's kind of more tying up of like loose ends and featuring character interactions and stuff as we approach the end. Uh, mm. yeah. And Lice is really good because you get to see like Meredith Bald. <laughs> that too, but. <laughs> just the strain it's taken on Pam and it, that really starts to like build up that whole like Jim Pam, you know, beef. Yeah. Which I don't like. It's, it's fine. It's real. It's real. Yeah. It's just why get real in the last season. All right. So you can find me at, at Jacob Eagles on Twitter. Check us out. Patreon.com forward slash broken jars. Um, broken jars at XYZ on the web. You can find us all your major podcast places. Except for iHeartRadio because they take forever. Oh, uh, guns, yeah. Google Podcasts, Android users unite. <laughs> I'm an Android user again. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. There you go. My iPhone died mid business trip. So like like I lost like sixty percent of my battery on a one hour flight. Well, and yeah. I wasn't even using that much. Or like, I got to the hotel. I told my boss, like, I'll catch up with you. I'm going to go get a new phone. <laughs> I walked to the T-Mobile store and got a got a one plus seven which is a great phone oh yeah there's a pretty long line for the one plus seven at the t-mobile store in Times square so the uh the price point for how good it is is insane yeah because like it's i think it's like 700 bucks it's got 90 hertz screen 256 gig hard drive wow 256 yeah it's really nice much recommends you checking it out and T-Mobile, if you're listening, I'll take my, uh, you can pay me in cash or Bitcoin. <laughs> or you know, I, I, I have T-Mobile. I think I hate it. I feel like I don't have service where I should have service. I mean, I, I never have issues with it. I mean, I do have some sort of around my house, but I'm more rural PA where I live. Right. But around, you know, in Pittsburgh is, is fine. There's this stupid pocket on my bus ride into the city. It's just this U-turn to get into this express bus lane and there's like a, a mile stretch where my phone is just dead. So I just have to hope I've already freaking buffered enough of whatever I'm watching or downloaded it before. Down. It's terrible. So well, here yeah. on, on cell phone chat. Yeah, exactly. Cell phone chat with Jerry and Jacob. All right, well, we'll see y'all. Well, we should see y'all in two weeks. See you next month. Technically, <laughs> Actually, no. Yeah. Yeah, it'll, it'll be the 28th. So, yeah, we will see you all in two weeks. Uh, have a good summer. This was summer was winding down, really. Yeah. Yep, yep. Go to the beach, wear sunscreen, especially if you're wearing a two-piece. More office references. Boom, <laughs> on fire. Okay. Have a good night, everybody. Later.